Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Is it too late now to say sorry? Because I'm... It's not too late for Earl Thomas to speak at the RNC. Welcome to a false positive edition of Sorry We Love Football, the only show that actively hates the sport that it covers. I'm your host, Eagles fan, Daniel Hartigan. Hey, and it looks like having two good quarterbacks is kind of important right now, Danny. So uh, take that. Also, with us as always, Chiefs fan, Danny Solomon. Danny, three, how many? Three good that? quarterbacks. Three good quarterbacks, sure. Danny, how many COVID tests have you failed over the past few months? <laughs> can't t- You can't fail a test you don't take. And all I'm doing is just sitting in my room until this whole thing passes. And I haven't died yet, so I think I'm good. Also, as always, we have Washington football team fan, Jamel Johnson. Jamel, what's the latest from D.C.? Uh, I'm 5-0 and in my COVID test uh, season. But much like Washington football, I'm expecting a big drop-off. Okay. Joining us today is Bills fan and star of the show, Joe Parra, talks to you on Adult Swim. Please welcome... Comedian Joe Para. Joe, thanks for doing the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess I've had uh, one COVID test. And, uh, 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 yep, yeah, I um, I did not got it, or I uh, tested negative. That's all. <laughs> so yeah, man, I just just as uh, up top wanted to ask you about your Bills fandom. I don't know if a lot of people know that you're a football fan or that you follow the Buffalo Bills, and just like how'd you get into you know, NFL fandom, and how long have you been a fan? Um, well, I'm not too up to date on the team. I kind of, I had, I was a huge fan growing up, but um, eventually, kind of, amount too many, too many rough seasons, and I know you're supposed to stick with your team no matter what, but eventually, uh. I just kind of tuned out over the past few years since the Pagulas got bought the team. Uh, they've had, I've watched the playoff games. Uh, I feel bad. I should not be even going on record admitting this, but I had some wonderful times watching the Bills growing up, and even through like uh, I don't know, I'd say when the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, came on board and we beat the Patriots that won and went 4-0. That was kind of like the last uh, roller coaster I wanted to ride with the Bills. And after that, it was, I don't know. This goes from the point where it's like uh, how you just kind of feel stupid. They can't. (laughs) Well, what's what's ironic about that is that you just stopped following the team end of the Fitzpatrick era, you're getting into the Josh Allen era, which uh-huh. is actually the most promising era I've seen of the Bills since the Jim Kelly days. Should I, really? Oh, boy. Should you I, might want to <laughs> back in. Don't, throw. don't listen to him, man. Stay out, dude. Enjoy your life, dude. You don't need don't this shit. Don't get back in. Yeah. It's just so much time. Also, yeah, I, I mean, I had a office job for a while, and, like, this is the perfect way to like follow the team because like, you know, you're checking stats all day, reading articles, getting pumped up. And then once uh, you're not, you don't have to be in the office all the time. Then it's a, uh, I don't know. It's your own time. Like I'd rather go to the websites I want to go to. That's just ESPN.com. <laughs> I, you, we need a rundown of those. What, what hey. are better? Hey. They're blocked hey, at the office, Danny. Yeah, chill out, man. You never been on Karma Loop? <laughs> Let's just say when they made all those 
bubble game apps for the iPhone. <laughs> I'm still playing those on my desktop computer. Fuck yeah, bubble bobble. That's big time. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, you know, I I am an avid Chiefs fan, football fan, as we all know. Otherwise, this podcast wouldn't exist, or it exists in a much worse form. And uh, I still have time to do shitloads of puzzles. I'm do I, I do it. I do New York Times Sunday crossword every week. I do. I, I was an all-time champion brick breaker player. Even during the open mics that we used to go to, that's what I was doing. I was on my phone playing brick breaker while other people were doing stand. And that's it, it gave me a pretty bad record. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There is no excuse. I just haven't been been tuned in the past few years and. Uh, I don't know. I miss it. Whenever I see somebody really excited about their team, and I miss, I miss that. I, I, I miss the ride, but at the same, like I said, how many years do you need to learn your lesson? Okay, well, let's get into the show. We start every week by talking about what we hated about football the previous week. Uh, usually that has to do with games. Uh, this week, obviously, there weren't any games, so... We can kind of keep it general. Could be a, a topical story. Could be something that you don't like about football uh, in general, or that you've always hated about the NFL. Uh, Danny, you want to start us off? Tell us what you hated about football this week. I do, and you know, this is this this I think is is probably this will permeate even the non fan because this is just the big one of the big stories about COVID is each of these sports leagues trying to come up with a plan just to have their season. And baseball's been up and down. NBA has been so far so good. But what I hate about football this week is their whole plan. The whole plan that the NFL has put together. Because you watch Hard Knocks, you watch some of the coverage, it looks like it's airtight. You can see that everybody's getting tested. Everybody's pretending like they're social distancing. But we know nothing of that is really happening. And it can't be sustainable for 16 whole weeks and a playoffs and then a continuing off season. We, there's gotta be a vaccine for this whole thing to work. Last week, there was a lab in New Jersey that fucked up 77 COVID tests and gave everybody a bunch of false positives. One of them, Joe was actually new bills quarterback, Josh Allen. And I had this joke written down, but it might not hurt you as much since you aren't following the team as much lately. But I thought it was funny that Josh Allen got this COVID test false positive because he's usually the one struggling with accuracy. <laughs> yes. All right. So <laughs> that's over. Uh, it, it got me thinking about how one guy, which is all it takes is eventually going to screw this whole thing up. Like eventually one of the thousands of players or staff members is going to go to the wrong bar or drive through or Trump rally. And it's just going to knife through the entire league. And if I'm the NFL, I'm shitting my pants about how bad this could look. Cause like, what if your flimsy safety plans are the reason that a player dies? Like it's the odds are there, you know, it's 2% of the entire human population. Somebody could die if this thing gets wild. It goes wild enough in the league. And if that happens, if a player dies, it's going to look so fucking bad. Like you're going to have to give, the biggest donation to Black Lives Matter in NFL history, like in human history. You're going to yeah, have to buy history. BLM a fucking headquarters. Mm. It's going to be, it's going to be the worst possible thing that could happen. And it's so it's likely at this point that it will happen. So uh, I guess, you know, it's bad for us, the football fans, but great for uh, activist groups that could end up getting most of the money uh, the the white guilt of the NFL forks over after someone dies. Danny, on the flip side of that, haven't we been bracing for a player to die on the field for years now? That's just football is inevitably we are reaching a collision course of player dying on field. We didn't think it'd be from a virus. We thought it'd be from a devastating head injury. But I think there's got to be some sort of contingency plan for dead player. Uh, the, it's just been the writing's been on the wall for so long. And while I agree with you that this is shoddy and sloppily thrown together, 
it is kind of they're the guinea. Not I don't want to say the players themselves, but the league He's is better. the guinea. The league the league is being the guinea pigs of reintroducing activity into just society on a whole. I know there's large swaths of the country and the world that don't give a shit about this thing, but this is a hard example of how this new world can look. And there are cracks, but maybe it's maybe it's going to be good. We I get guess to watch. We get to watch from home. Your 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 ethic about it is that like at least it's just football players and not kids or, you know, well, not, you know, not like people who haven't lived a full life, but we're doing it to kids. Also kids are currently the Guinea pigs for the NFL. The NFL hasn't even really started yet, but we're putting children in school now. So our priorities are pretty fucked up. And I guess that's the larger point is that, what you're saying is we have already steeled ourselves for a player to die on the field because it's a barbaric sport. We all have accepted that. We're just accepting another facet of barbarism that's attached to it now. And, you know, we're just going to have to come to terms with the fact that we're sick people and we can't get enough of this just, uh, you know, hedonistic dystopia that we're living in where all we care about is entertaining ourselves to death until the sun heats our bodies off the earth isn't that the mission statement of this show we know it's bad but we do it anyway um also if uh, i think the rule should be if a team's player dies on the field the game ends as a tie but if they come up if it comes up later in a tiebreaker the team who had the player die gets the tiebreaker for playoffs i'm uh, has anybody played that passed away during a football game before? And then the worst that I know of was actually in a Chiefs game. It was a Jets player playing against the Chiefs named Dennis Bird, who was paralyzed from the neck down. After I, I'm having a, I don't want. I hope nobody dies in the NFL. I'm trying to. It'll probably be more like like Disney World, where they try and get the people out of the park before so they can never be declared dead on the field or in the Disney world. But I, when you were talking about that, this is, this is terrible, but you remember the end of gladiator where they pick them up? Of course. <laughs> I wonder if all the teams have a meeting at the beginning of the season and are like, here's the protocol for if that were to happen. They have to. Oh my God. <laughs> we, we do it like, yeah, I, I'll pick them up and carry them hey, off. With no fans in the stadium, you can plausibly <laughs> pull this off this year. Cut to commercial. It's a, you know you'll know that somebody may have died when you're on minute seven of the commercial break. <laughs> you can just feel like that tension oh of like my God. might have been worse than just something we could get back to. <laughs> when you see Adina uh, Manzel singing the second time, like hey wait, it's like the. Like a, for a second national <laughs> like wait like a second the, the check-in on the late night show where the band's still playing but you're not back yet but we just yeah. get a little 10 seconds and you're like okay what the fuck's going on here yeah so imagine if that was possible at open mic like your first mic you, fucking... <laughs> you just <laughs> you rupture an achilles you're trying to take the mic out of the stand so hard that it dents yeah. your forehead, <laughs> your skull, and your brain, and you lose all your speech capability. Yeah, that would be awesome. I need the stakes raised on comedy, so. <laughs> um, so what I want to talk about this week that I hated with, um, is what I considered to be a severely underreported story. And so what I hated was that this wasn't bigger news. Um, first year... Giants head coach Joe Judge, I don't know if you guys saw this, has a system in place where if somebody screws up at practice, they have to take a lap. He has these penalty laps. It's a system. To me, I mean, it's fine, but to me it sounds kind of like high school stuff. But it goes further. The penalty laps don't just apply to the players. The coaches have to run laps too if the players aren't performing. So the coaches are running laps which just introduces a, a really fun element to me. Like if you're a player, you can kind of, you know, sabotage your own route. You can fumble, just get that coach running away. Um, the, the quote from Joe Judge was, there are consequences on the field for making mistakes. In a game, a mistake costs you 5, 10, 15 yards. So in practices, 
there have to be consequences. This is how we learn to deal with our mistakes. And then he went on to talk about the movie Miracle starring Kurt Russell, um, which there's a scene in the, the movie where he makes the skate, the the players skate back and forth and says, again, again, again. And so this is a young coach. He might be getting his, his entire skill set from Disney movies. Um, <laughs> Disney Plus for free. Nice. I really enjoyed the story. I, I, I know that there are certain coaches who have to hate this. And just thinking about how the lap system could be applied to other aspects of life. You know, in a writer's room, if somebody makes a bad joke or suggestion, they can just get up and leave the room, take a lap <laughs> around the building or whatever you have to do. I mean, honestly, I can be the first one to incorporate this rule now because this is, uh, you know, a pretty bad segment on my end. So uh, see you guys. <laughs> All right. And, and for anybody who's curious, <laughs> if Dan is not practicing what he preaches, he left the entire Zoom. It, is, it smacks of that like old fashioned, like John Voight in uh, varsity blues kind of shit where it's like these guys will turn on you instantly. They, I mean, they've seen the same movies that you've seen. They know that it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's, it's just a dumb thing to do because I mean, if you wanted a team that was completely void of mistakes, you shouldn't have signed on to the giants. <laughs> Very good point. And, but also the coaches like, running is a nice wrinkle. It's like we're every- all the same. We're all the same on this team. <laughs> They should be making them do sprints, though, because, like, when they're jogging around the outside of the field, if it's not fast enough and they've got, like, time to think, they're going to have those moments that are like, what are we doing here? What am I doing? <laughs> 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 so, this quick, <laughs> with all this going too many that is a that is a great coachism that i love when a coach is shouting at a player don't think just throw it or catch it don't think so you're right giving giving a player time to think is a risky business right uh, especially yeah because i don't know i have those moments well i don't know we're doing it you know we're trying to write comedy or something these days it's like you know you just pause so the the less pause you could give these guys is probably the better. So they don't have time to just kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, go back home to their families. (laughs) Which we all have the option of doing anytime. (laughs) We do. Um, Joe, what did you hate about football this week or in general? Um, I don't know. Uh, I I didn't prepare. What if, um, what if uh, uh, I would like that they could? Uh, how come nobody said a seventy-yard field goal yet? That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the season goes really to shit, maybe they should just reduce it to a big field goal contest and, and oh, that'd uh, be fun. bring in <laughs> each team as one kicker, and then the, the sports betters get a, a great high-pressure situation to bet on, and they just you know. Kicker versus kicker. An hour of untimed field goals. <laughs> that could be fun. Um, so yeah, that's why I hate. Why haven't I hate that they haven't thought of that yet? Nobody's trying. You know that's the thing. No. Is like coaches should be doing things like that all the time, taking risks, especially now. I was going to say, Danny. Every now and then, maybe once every few seasons, there is some scenario where like there's a couple seconds left and you you don't it might be too far to try a Hail Mary and a coach will send a kicker out for like a 72 yard attempt and it's just everyone knows it's impossible and you're just asking this guy to go do this job that can't happen and it's really tough on the kicker I've never really considered that but like um, speaking of points, I hated that they had the audacity to even make fantasy football rankings. Why are we doing it? Um, I don't think everyone needs a job. That's what I want to <laughs> say. I think uh, some people should be unemployed or just figure out something else to do. You're talking about things that don't exist. There's not even a preseason. Also, no fantasy rankings have ever been correct. The top 10 in the preseason is never the top 10 by fucking week four. There's always some rookie we forgot about, some undrafted dickhead who actually graduated from college like a piece of shit. 
know what I'm saying? And it happens every fucking year. And I don't know. I'm not listening to no goddamn Yahooligans list. I'm <laughs> drafting who I want. I love how that's like a slur against football players. These fucking guys who completed all four years of college. Because <laughs> that's where they knock him down. He's like, oh, he actually got his uh, business administration degree. He, yeah, that's a that's a that's you a twelfth round pickup. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, we talked about it last week too. It's just going to be a crapshoot. The money's going to the asshole who auto drafts. That's just how it is. But that's every year. So what's different? You might as well just. Jump in, feet first. Oh, you know what else we hate? Doing ad reads. Not me. I love it. You know why? Because as sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection, and we get completely owned by how rich he is. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes of your own and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Ben Online, your online wagering experts. God damn. Where is my checkbook? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that actually <laughs> kind of works as a transition for this next uh, sequence of the most tragic figure in football. I mean, we, we had Joe coming on. We know that as a Buffalo Bills fan, probably the most snake bitten franchise uh, or team in the sport. And that there have been, I mean, on the surface, I mean, OJ Simpson's just there for the taking, but there are many tragic figures in Bills history <laughs> and in just league wide. And so I yeah, think Danny, that, that's where the idea comes from. Yeah, and I'm curious, actually, Joe, what was your – because you, you gave up on the team after so many hits to your soul. Which would you say would have the most impact? Um, I think the one that I remember most clearly as a kid, because I was young for the Super Bowls, and, like, I was, uh, like, very young for the Scott Norwood Super – no, I wasn't even born yet for – that was 88, 89, I think. Oh, yeah. So I was I wasn't born till uh, later, uh, but uh, or yeah I wasn't born during that football season. But the one that I remember was when Flutie got real hot in Buffalo, and uh, it was an amazing season. It was uh, I don't know, I mean it's just like when you're at that age when your sports team is doing the best. It's the you know your whole world rocks and. Uh, <laughs> Um, there was everybody who put him on, they won, he won the game to get them into the playoffs. And then they, they played this, uh, Wade, Wade Phillips was a coach at the time. It was a better defensive coach than head coach, I think. Right. And then he ended up, uh, uh, he played the quarterback who got, uh, uh, while you know, Flutie turned the season around, got him into the playoffs, and then the first playoff game, Wade Phillips played Rob Johnson, who was the quarterback from before, and all that momentum. Everybody just wanted Flutie to play and to watch him, and because uh, he was not only like playing to win, he was like doing like uh, I don't know, not miracles, but they were. It was exciting football. He was scrambling and stuff. And then Rob Jay put Rob Johnson in and flopped the game. And it was, I remember being pretty upset. So I felt bad that Doug Flutie uh, wasn't able to to play that game. And that was the one that I remember. I mean, obviously the guy who, the, uh, who was uh, paralyzed is a more tragic figure. But in terms of upsetting moments that that didn't make sense, uh, that 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 game was really upsetting. I remember being devast, devastated. 
Well, and that playoff game, correct me if I'm wrong, was the Music City Miracle, right? That was that was the yeah, uh, yeah the it was. Music, I think uh, so. Return touchdown where the Tennessee Titans came, came back to win it, and it was because Rob Johnson was not playing that well. You guys only got 16 points in that playoff game, so not only did, could you fantasize about what might have been with Doug Flutie that season, but also you got screwed over in one of the most epic ways in p- football playoff history. Yeah, it was, that, 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 I can't believe I didn't remember. I thought that it was might have been a year apart, but yes, it was that game. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was the, the, the pits and why. Nobody understood Wade Phillips' decision. I still think they it's uh, – I don't know. Nobody's like talking about it. What if we play – you know, won that first-round playoff game, but, you know – Flutie just had a tendency to make big plays and pull off kind of impossible games and it just felt like it was a missed opportunity. And also it was kind of taken from the opportunity was taken from him for some reason after he had done so much to turn around. It was because Rob Johnson was hotter. I forgot Rob Johnson <laughs> was hot. Was he? He was from like a – where was he? He's from West Coast uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he probably used to fucking surf or whatever bullshit. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we've New argued Park about the the, the attractiveness to football uh, quarterbacking. Oh yeah, I've seen a, a pull of a photo. He's got a backwards hat. He's very California. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, he's still got a great head of hair. So, and he ended up on that Tampa Bay team that had the good defense, right? And he won. He ended up winning a Super Bowl. No, are you thinking of? Uh... Brad. I'm thinking of Brad. Brad John. Come on. Yeah, come Brad on. Johnson, who can also also get, backwards hats, also beach, yeah, yeah. beach boy, also all that stuff. Danny. <laughs> who's your most tragic figure in football? Uh yes. So look, I was I, you know, I know that I came up with this game, but I was really racking my brain about what my definition of tragic is. And I think my favorite movie of all time is Amadeus. Uh, you know, it's the movie about Salieri competing with Mozart. To me, it's sort of the ultimate tragedy because it's it's being forced to witness true greatness while at the same time, it forces you to accept and ultimately loathe your own mediocrity, like in comparison. So I, th- I started to think like, who is the Salieri of the NFL? And the first guy that popped into my mind was Bill O'Brien. Uh because if you think about the parallels, you know, he's taking, he takes over Penn state after a kid fucking ring gets exposed and it takes the whole team down and he has to rebuild the program. He gets the team to a decent record. They're like what, eight and four in his first season. He does all right with, you know, such a bad situation. So it's like the early days of Salieri in Vienna, you know, life is good. Even though he's going nine and seven in the first three seasons, he's 52 and 44 overall, by the way. Uh, you know, he can do no wrong in the eyes of the emperor, which is, I guess, in this analogy, the McNair family. But then he starts to notice another coach coming around, making beautiful music with a formerly shitty team. And he begins to contemplate how truly mediocre he is. And he tries as hard as he can season after season. He does the hard knock season where he's trying to push everybody. He's showing like, I'm a, I'm a real coach. I'm a serious guy but that other coach is just better at everything. He And that other coach even steals away the quarterback of the century, much like Mozart stole away Lady Caterina away from Salieri for his own opera. And then also was sleeping with him, which destroyed Salieri's heart in the middle of the movie. So, you know, Bill O'Brien's like, a, you know, he's at home. He's thinking about killing this guy. You know, he's going insane. He's driven to madness. And he almost gets away with killing him when he's up 24 to nothing in the playoffs. But then he's driven to the even more deep depths of madness. <laughs> when Mozart comes all the way back, beats you 51 to 31, <laughs> and then wins the Super Bowl, cementing his place in history right in front of Bill O'Brien's fat egg-shaped face. <laughs> the point here is that Mozart is Andy Reid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah. that's i really great thought a lot about really thought a lot about that 
it's all the writing I'm doing lately. It's just this for this segment. So, uh, but I believe it. I also believe it very strongly. I think and, it and is. Also, Joe, thank you so much for the congratulatory text after we won the Super Bowl. You know, that's what you that's what you want. You after fifty years of of a drought, you want people to come out and support <laughs> instead of wallowing in their in what their own team is doing. And so, you know, much appreciated, dude. Yeah, of course. I like the Chiefs. Um, uh, you want you want me to go or you want to go? Well, since you asked, I'll go. Mine probably sucks. Look, the most tragic figure in football is Jamel Johnson. It's me. <laughs> it's me because I have to watch Washington football again and again and again. And it's been tragic ever since Joe Gibbs left, since the team left D.C., and then they didn't sell the team to the family that had it in the first place, and then they let – you know, this rich dork who also sucks by the team. And uh, and then Brad Johnson got us to the fucking playoffs and fucking uh, fl- fl- flubbed the, the hold on a kick. And then he leaves and goes and wins the fucking Super Bowl. And then we sign a bunch of former Super Bowl MVPs who are 45 years old. And they then they proceed to do nothing. And uh, then our uh, star running back, uh, who is on pace to uh, set the rushing record for the season, is drinking Hennessy before games, and then he blew his knee out. And then uh, multiple people got cancer. Now the coach got cancer. <laughs> oh, on no. top of no, no, let, Let's not even mention the fact that uh, the running back has, Darius Geis has more allegations from LSU of sexual misconduct that came out since then. The coach has fucking cancer. And I'm supposed to keep watching these guys? No mention of Sean Taylor either. Man, Sean Taylor spit in a guy's face in that playoff game we lost. <laughs> yeah, the greatest player that's been on your team was murdered when he was like 24 years old. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't even I don't even have the heart to say his name out loud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't you can walk away, Jamel. You don't have to. I don't I don't know, man. But if I don't watch uh, football, who will I be? What 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 podcast could I have? <laughs> what I jerseys could you wear? Exactly. So find out. You'll be just give it a shot. You'll be have your own podcast about motorcycles next year. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> just unlock a hidden talent. Yo, that was quick. I, I have a I have a quick one, and then uh, and then we'll we'll close up. So. My most tragic figure in, in football was, um, I just want to tell a quick story. It's about a kid. He was born and he had a dream. And his dream was, I just want to own the Buffalo Bills. That's all I want. So he works hard to get there. Works really hard. And first he has to settle at the USFL, some 80s offshoot of the NFL. He makes great relationships that he maintains till this day. And then finally, when he's in position to buy the Bills, the vicious other owners block him from buying the team. He's worked his entire life. So you know what he does? He goes out and becomes president of the United <laughs> States. I'm talking about Donald Trump. And now, you know, his he's his life has revolved around football. And now, even as president, he's asking politely that the players stop kneeling during the national anthem. And they won't even do that. And, you know, the guy is just cursed. And you got to feel for him. You really just do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's a tragedy at all. I would say it's a great American success story. <laughs> for no, all- okay. It, for us, yeah. So I don't know if you guys remember Trump killing the USFL. Uh, the league was pretty successful in its first couple seasons. He pushed extremely hard to get them to move from playing in the spring to the fall to compete head-to-head with the NFL. Uh, the league disbanded <laughs> immediately. His quote was, if God wanted football in the spring, he wouldn't have invented baseball. Uh, He winds up suing the NFL. Uh, He's trying to recoup $1.7 billion. And then this is real. They were awarded $3. He he won $3. They still have the check. You can look it up online. It's awesome. Uh, They've never cashed it. And yeah, you know, he's he's a tragic sports figure just aside from football. You know, he has all those golf courses. Uh, but the PGA won't let him host any tournaments because of his controversial comments. Uh, 
he had Atlantic City where he hosted big sports fights. That went, uh, I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist anymore. Anyhow, let's just get off this guy. Joe, have we convinced you to come back to football? Are you going to come back in 2020? Um, I don't uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, sorry that I'm, I'm sure when I'm home, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. Hey, we did we it. it. We got him, man. This podcast. I'm sure. brought a man home Sweet. to his team. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't admit. I hope uh, uh, no one's mad at me. My brother-in-law's not mad at me that saying I haven't watched that many games, but recently, but. Oh well, I'll. I don't know. I'll, can I convince you guys to walk away? You kind of got me. You got a fifteen-second pitch on getting us out of here, mm. getting us out of this podcast hell. Yeah, think how clean your apartments and homes would be if you spent the three hours from football. I don't know, listening to a football pot, or I don't know. I guess you could clean yeah, it. Uh, no, I guess it's nice. No, just you put a game on and you put a football game on and clean your place. I don't know. <laughs> this, is <not> <laughs> this, is a, this is a very normal activity for people to do. Um, I don't know. I'll just say uh, whether you love football or hate football, let's hope everybody gets through the season alive. Amen. Well Amen to that. Uh, Joe, thanks for be- thanks for doing the show. Really yeah, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, good to talk to you, dude. We'll, uh, we'll I'll catch up one time. Yeah, please. Twenty uh, twenty has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, gentlemen, and that's shaving your bush. I know we all do it, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you that if you're not doing it. You need to get on that shit. I remember the first time I ever manscaped. I uh, I drew it into a chief's helmet, cut the K and the C into the top, did the arrowhead, ripped my dick in half. But it was worth it because when the grass is low, trees look bigger. And that's the whole point behind manscaped. The manscaped lawnmower 3.0. Their new Even with service, half a dick, it looked bigger. They're new, exactly, because you know what? It's it, when you got when you got enough. Half of that is still plenty. Uh, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. You know what I mean by that? I mean balls, testicles. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light. So you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat, whatever cuts your dick. They also released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes the following. Tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file, most of which you should not use on your balls. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. The Shears 2.0 nail kit, by the way, also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. So it's all working together. Become a cleaner man. Be a little less stinky downstairs. The person who's forced to live with you for the next year will thank you. You'll also find in all of this, the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if if we catch you sniffing yourself because everybody does that from time to time. You gotta sample your own musk. So go to manscaped.com and check out some or all of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That is 20% off 
with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns. Hey, I'm not just saying this. I think I'm going to go to manscaped.com and put that promo code in. Swear to fucking God, I, I'm shaping, I'm shaving a helmet on my nuts. I'm put, I'm going to do something crazy to my pubes tonight, man. You can do so much with a manscaping kit. You can make your dick look amazing and at the same time make your pubic hair so much more enticing to a woman by just, you can shave words in there. You can shave, you know, uh, 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 Shakespeare's deepest love sonnets into your nut hair, depending on how hairy you might be. 16 lines of love. Also, guys, I need to say this again. As sports are coming back, so does your chance to bet. We need to bet. We need to add some juice to our lives. And you can bet on sports with betonline.com's exclusive offers. Wait, I gotta start that again. Shit, I fucked it up. I was with it. All right. Done talking about manscaping, balls, etc. And also, guys, speaking of your nuts, why don't you use those nuts to play some sports bets? That's what I'm talking about. I need that juice. I need something to keep me alive in this godforsaken hellhole. And as sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, I said it earlier and I meant it, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing. NBA is right there with it. So is football coming along. And there's no shortage of ways to bet on all that crap and get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. And also, tune in to Floyd Money Mayweather joining the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice Is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. And don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. I know I will. Bet online, your online wagering experts who aren't the three of us. God damn. I closed my eyes and it was like I was listening to a, to a podcast I love. Let's get into a little NFL news lightning round. There was a story I saw this week that uh, I saved for this because I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but there were pictures of Chiefs fans at Chiefs practice, nobody wearing masks, or maybe very few people were wearing masks. There was a quote, they couldn't be bothered to do it there, huh? Said one team official, miffed that the fans wouldn't just reflexively know what the right thing to do in that situation was. I mean... This is a bad sign for things to come in stadiums, right? I mean, as if we haven't been negative about the season on the show enough, you're absolutely right. I, I actually, I've been doing a little bit of research on this. Uh, and by research, I mean going to tweets of the people who are bringing this up and then combing through the comment section as I like to do to get a pulse of the worst parts of America. And the people in Kansas City are arguing with the tweets, with the people who are tweeting about them not wearing masks when they were gifted a practice that they could watch. 2,000 KC Chiefs fans get to sit in the stadium completely by themselves and watch the greatest team of all time practice, and they can't even put the fucking mask on, which is all that the team asked them to do. It's so, they just argue with everybody about it, you're not going to get to argue very long. You're, they're just going to say you can't do it anymore. It's like somehow they're going to give some reason that's just going to open the eyes of the entire world and they're going to be allowed to do whatever they fucking want again. It's not going to happen. And the irony of it is how pissed they're going to be when they and they alone cause the whole thing to fall apart and they lose everyone, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're so fucking dumb. <laughs> Jamal, you didn't wear a mask on your flight, right? Oh, no, no, no. I, I wore a mask, but I didn't wear drawers. You had that backwards. <laughs> That's okay. Can COVID be spread through, like, dick mist? 
I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. Speaking of uh, terrible news, uh, sorry, horrible transition, but the Lions canceled their practice today. Uh, they were recording on Tuesday due to the, the Jacob Blake shooting that happened, I think, on Monday or, or uh, last weekend. Uh, so, honestly, we have shit on Matt Patricia on this show a lot, but I do think he deserves some credit here uh, to listen to his team and give them some space to talk and kind of, you know, demonstrate or do what they needed to do, but not practice fucking football because it didn't matter right then. Uh, so I thought that that was an interesting thing that happened today. Uh, also, uh, if you turn your hat around backwards, you look just like Matt Patricia. Would you mind? Oh, let's do this. Thank you. Let me just get oh that. I need a pencil. <laughs> right? You have get to a give pencil. people a screenshot or something. No, yeah, I've already. I've taken on. four. I've taken four. But get one. Oh, that's good. You should get one. That's good. Yeah. Let's get. Yeah. Get a pencil behind your ear. Practice you know, is canceled. Probably yeah. stop exercising for a little while. Yeah, he don't got no pencils in there. There ain't no pencils in that house. Just a couple of drink umbrellas. Hold on. on. One dog, two drink umbrellas. One. This is a a paintbrush. One one Captain Crunch amount of weed. 75 horror film VHS tapes. Look, I don't know how much we want to touch on that. I know we've highlighted similar issues in the past. Uh, The shit sucks. It's not getting better. I don't know what the solutions are and i feel like a lot of people are are in similar positions where they're at a loss of what the right things to do right now are in terms of how to help and how to to change the the society that we fucking live in this is uh, this is what i this is my only thought and this is the this is the biggest thing that needs to change and it's i guess it's a little bit unfair it's like it's like a half a percent unfair of me to say this before the cops even get questioned about what happened. But are they even going to get questioned? Whenever cops have been questioned in these wrongful deaths, the excuse is always that they were in fear for their life. And I think that's ridiculous. And I think that's an unfair uh, and unacceptable defense. If you are a police officer, you are not allowed to be scared. Your job is to not be afraid and to keep the public safe. And that is why you get a fucking gun and you have to train for several weeks, maybe months. I don't know what the fuck. You got to recertify your fucking gun shit every year just so you can go to court and act like you were scared of a guy who had a pear in his jacket. You know what I'm saying? Like, shut the fuck up. And I don't know how to defund the police. We should, but the first thing they need to do is make that an unacceptable defense in court, period. It feels like they've just thrown out that entire part of the police academy where there's that training course where villain, where like criminals pop out, but then also like a lady in a stroller come out. They just like, yeah, they couldn't fund that enough or something, or they just couldn't build that anymore. And they just decided who needs this? They just, I think that. You still pass, even if you blast the lady in the stroller. They're like, well, you, we still need you to join. So it's okay I mean, for now. We we work on ridiculousness. We've seen so many clips in our lives, many about the cops, which we're not allowed to do anymore uh, for good reason. But we've seen so many between the three of us videos of white people doing outlandish things to police officers, doing things that you could never dream of doing if you were any other type of person. And it just seems, I mean, we've seen people twerk on cops. We've seen people spit on cops. We've seen people throw shit on cops, make cops uh, play beer pong with them. Every type of thing that you could do to agitate a cop, we've seen happen in America. And I've never seen a white person in any of those videos get murdered to death. Whereas I've seen enough black people being murdered on the internet uh, to last an entire calendar year if I just did one a day. Yeah, and that is ugh. crazy. It's tough to know how to feel about just waking up to that. Twitter is just like, yeah, you, you, are you ready to watch a minority lose his life today and then make some jokes about how dating is hard afterwards? You know what I'm saying? I mean, are we... Uh, there, was a, there was a conversation, and we can cut this part if it's too real, but they were talking about whether or not to post the video at all. And I didn't know I didn't do it, but just I didn't do it. I, I think the 
I think the answer is it's tough because I think you shouldn't spread the video because that perpetuates the, that imagery of just authority killing minority. Like, like we don't, know. I don't think you want to like internalize that. I don't think that sits right in, in people, but, but also you need to know the truth and you need to see what's real. And I don't know what the line there is either. Cause that shit is upsetting as hell and it ruins your day and it ruins your weeks and it stays with you. But I also challenge people to who didn't see the video and walk around unaffected and not giving a shit. Had they sat down and watched it, they might change their mind. So I don't yeah. know what the right move is. Yeah, back to Danny's point. I can, I can show you. You can watch uh, Jacob Blake get murdered trying to get into his own car. And then I can show you a video of a white woman stealing a police car. And the cops just putting their hands on their hips like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do now, uh, Jeff. I don't know, man. This shit is just horrible. Uh, does, I think it, the Lions are going to make the playoffs this year for doing the right thing. And they deserve it. Yeah, let's go. Weird uh, that Green Bay didn't join in, though. That is a little odd. It, really happened, in, it happened in their state. Well, you know, they're they're owned by the t- the people, so. Obviously, some, <laughs> yeah. at least one of the people is trash. So, if he had any say, there you go. Well, all right. Last news item. Speaking of trash, Earl Thomas got thrown out of Baltimore uh, for what? Did he hit a teammate? We know already, he already hit a teammate. That's what I heard. Okay. But we've like seen a... people do shit like this, and if you're a good enough player, it's fine. Do you think? Is it because he's just new to the team that they were like, we don't even need to deal with this? Apparently, it was like a building thing. Like he had, he was skipping meetings, and he skipped the meeting before the playoff game, and they kind of, you know, didn't feel as cool with him after the playoffs, after they lost, and then this season he was kind of starting to do the same old shit and getting into it with they said multiple players, so not just Chuck Clark. He wasn't on the team last year, right? He was on the team last year. He was in the he was in the secondary for the second half of the season. Oh, that's right. So, I mean, he was, you know, building up some bad will coming into this offseason. And then I guess he just kind of got back doing what he was doing beforehand. A lot of the speculation is that he's like an alpha dog. And, you know, there was no reason for him to be that on a better defense that didn't need him to be the, you know, the elder statesman. So Maybe it's that. Maybe he couldn't handle growing irrelevance or something. But he uh, was a uh, was the dick in the in the office. He was the Dwight Schrute. Well, that was a, a, a negative lightning round. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed just that uh, that whole just Woo! dark cloud of bullshit. You got to throw in one goofball one after after we talk about police brutality. Then you got to be like, all right, and then. Bill Belichick's pants fell down at practice. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, okay, so one more thing that I had here was Julian Edelman tweeted a pic of uh, he and Cam Newton as superheroes. And he put the caption, the night is darkest just before the dawn. What the fuck is dark about your life, Julian Edelman? You've already won three Super Bowls. You've won an MVP in one of those games. I, I know athletes have to build this narrative to kind of pump themselves up like everybody's against us. Nobody fucking likes me. But shut the fuck up. I mean, it is what it is, man. And there's a new Batman coming out. There's no way this this shit wasn't going to be made about them. Yeah, Batman and Superman. I guess he's got to play the Batman character to Cam Superman, and they can do like a new Justice League where, uh, you know, Damian Harris, the new running back, is a Martian Manhunter or something. <laughs> Meaning he always gets his ass whooped. Yo, Marshall Manhunter used to always get his ass beat. Uh, But to, you know, to, to really speak to this and, and, you know, not to get too dark, but I think Julian Edelman is reacting to the growing cloud of anti-Semitism that's going on in this country. Let's just talk about that. Uh, (laughs) Bring it home strong. Let's go, Danny. No, we're done. We're good. We're good. Happy. You've got mail. Let's, let's move on to our mailbag. Uh, Every week on the show, we do a mailbag. Thanks for sending these, uh, all the various mail in. We have envelopes stacked. 
We have packages even sometimes. But right now we're just going to read a couple pieces of mail. Uh, Jamel, do you have a letter? Yeah. Whoa. Um, this one comes to me from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I, I don't know exactly uh, where in the province, but um, I think it's Tori. It's okay. Whoa. It's, it's uh, hey guys. Uh, yeah, it's Tori. Uh, that's right. Tori Lanes is me. Big fan of the show. Uh, go Argonauts. Uh, I just wanted to um clear up some things that you guys might have heard in the media about certain individuals. Uh, can, and that maybe you didn't hear my involvement in certain things. And I just want to come on you guys' show uh, via mailbag and let America know that I am the one who punched the Ravens player in the face. It was not Earl Thomas. It was me, Tory Lanes. I also did attempt to shoot uh, Jeff Harbaugh. I did do that. Is it John? I tried to, sh- I tried to shoot his ass. Uh, so that and that and that was me. And I also uh, tag teamed a woman with Earl Thomas's brother. None of this was Earl Thomas. Free Earl Thomas. I'm very sorry. Uh, I also still did not shoot Meg the Stallion. That could not have been me. I wasn't there. I was in Baltimore at the time. Thank you. Wow, clears a lot up. And actually, yeah. I forgot about that other Earl Thomas has had a hell of an off season. Yeah, he's doing his thing. <laughs> Apparently he's not. Tory Lanez was doing all those things. Right. Yes. But get so, an off season getting framed is the so. But then did Earl Thomas shoot Meg the Stallion, and it wasn't Tory Lanez. It would. That's the only way all this makes sense. That's it. Cause it's a missing puzzle piece, and we need, we need Earl Thomas on the show to answer these questions. That's so all. That's I- why Earl Thomas. So Earl Thomas is not on the Ravens because he shot Meg the Stallion. Yeah. Right. And Tory Lanes tried to shoot John Harbaugh. You Probably know what it because is? he got his name wrong. Some sort of dispute there. It's a it is a throw mama from the train situation. It's two guys meet up randomly, Earl Thomas and Tory Lanes, and they deal with each other's problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel you, man. Uh, let me grab a letter real quick. It is a stranger's on the train. It's perfect. Yeah, I said throw mama from the train. Yeah, oh. it's not strangers one. on the not train. Not strangers on the train. No, no one throw, throw mamas on your strangers. That's what he said. Throw mamas on your strangers. <laughs> Speaking of throwing mamas, I got a letter here, and it's from Rob Zombie. Interesting. It says it reads: uh, the NFL Big season musically. kicks off. Yeah, seriously, we got two musicians. Yeah, can we get a right Grammy? <laughs> are we eligible? About to be after you read this. We're, we are a podcast, so we are. Rob Zombie says, the NFL season kicks off two weeks from now. Wow, man, that's awesome. Anyway, I saw a cool promo that Bud Light's doing for fantasy football players, and it's giving them a a chance to win free beer. All you have to do is pick Gardner Minshew in the first round of your fantasy football draft and post a photo on social media with the hashtag Bud Light Minshew Draft and sweepstakes to be entered for a chance to win a crap load of free Bud Light. I know I'll be entering. Will you guys signed Rob Zombie? Well, how much Bud Light are we talking about? If I'm giving man, away my drafting Gardner, do you have the the stones to to draft Gardner Minshew in the first round to win some free Bud Light? Well, if I can do a free league with some fucking bots online, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how much beer is worth the hundred dollars that we are all putting on the line for our fantasy league? I don't know, man. Because I can buy beer literally anytime I want. Yeah, dude. You're going to have to come off a fucking kegerator. Jamal, you have the first overall pick in our draft this year, we think, if we yeah. stick with that. Will you be drafting Gardner Minshew for a shot at free beer? Absolutely. Uh, if you guys know anything about me, I love a free Bev. <laughs> That's very uh, Danny, you got a letter? Yeah, I mean, I just, by the way, RIP guys to uh, the Hollywood Production Center. We used to, the office, the physical office we used to work at that gave us tons of free shit. Used to always have some kind of free food, free beverage thing going on. And now we'll never go back there again, which is a little sad. Uh, So here is my letter. I'm going to pull it out from the bottom of the bag. From our old friend. Oh, this is interesting. This is from an old buddy, Carson Wentz. Wow. He's written in like five times. 
I know he loves he loves our show, and of course, here it is. Hey guys, still loving the show. I'm in training camp right now, prepping for the season. But even though I don't speak out very much, with all that's happened in the country the last couple of days, I felt compelled to say something. This is a serious issue that's very close to my teammates and myself. Of course, I'm talking about kink shaming. Mm. Reverend Jerry Falwell Jr. was forced to resign simply for being who he is, a cuck. And people online decide to batter him with offensive jokes and comments simply because they don't understand the lifestyle. I've said on this show that I'm a proud cuck who gets sexual pleasure from watching other men quarterback his team during the playoffs. It's nothing new, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So my deepest sympathies to the Falwell family. I can only hope this country can put aside its long-held prejudices and evolve for the good of all of us. Signed, Carson Wentz. Man, that was that was big. Powerful. That's yeah. yeah, that's big of him. Look, man, Jerry Falwell Jr. never won a Super Bowl, so fuck that guy. But he did watch one. He watched a, a pool boy, which is about the same wife. thing. If you really, if you really has, crunched them numbers. Has, has, has Nick Foles ever skimmed a pool before? Oh God. God, that story is so good. Just the pictures and the blackmail. It's such a, it's, you know, we were talking, you know what my final thought is this week? The the RNC and the DNC have happened in these past few weeks and it's the playoffs of politics right now. Mm-hmm. You're holding nothing back. These guys are playing every snap. You're sh- <laughs> This is for fucking all the marbles. So this right. is some dynasty shit. Step it up. There's going to be more stories. There's going to be more crazy ass rumors there's gonna be some shit flung from both sides of the aisles and you just gotta fucking keep marching forward even if you're down 24-0 or if you gotta do go for it on fourth and goal you're totally right that's that's exactly it i mean it's 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 like i guess this would be wild card weekend and then the divisional and the and the afc championship are the debates and then the election itself is the super bowl it makes perfect sense chronologically. Um, Danny, what's your final thoughts this week? Um, you actually, I, I was going to do, I was going to talk about the Chiefs in the stands. Um, so I'm kind of pivoting a little bit here, but I do. I'll tell you what my final thought is. I'm really going to be confused all season with the fact that it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Because not just because you know we're so used to saying the Oakland Raiders or anything like that, but but because when whenever in the past you would read stuff about the NFL and they would say Vegas is high on this player or Vegas is looking good this week, you thought that they were talking. You know when they when they would use the term Vegas, you'd think gambling, but now they're talking about this team and it's very confusing to me, and. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to that because, you know, there are two different versions of Vegas in the NFL. So what the fuck? How are we going to deal with that? And if that's not good enough for you guys, then I'll also say, please, as a final thought, vote early. The post office should be fine. If you vote early, vote during October. If you have to request a ballot, request it as soon as you can and get it back in, sign it, put it in the mailbox by October 27th, and then you can vote. Otherwise you might be fucked. And then we might be fucked. I'm just holding on to what Billy Wayne Davis said last week that he, he thought it seemed different this time, but I go back and forth, man. I don't know what to think. Jamel final thoughts. Oh, so I've been, I was in DC for three weeks. Oh shit. You, you got yeah, the double. Oh my bad! I got to mute myself. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, I was at home. I was in uh, the DC area, uh, primarily Northern Virginia, for three weeks, and uh, I noticed that uh, none of my friends or family, uh, who are primarily people of color, stopped saying Redskins for a second. And I am just proud of <laughs> my my people for uh, uh, sticking to something. If you don't stand for something, you'll you'll fall for anything. And um, the the people of my region have decided they don't give a shit uh, what America thinks, 
and we're going to keep saying it. And as long as the team sucks, we will not respect any name change. And uh, I see that now and whatever. I mean, it's my fucking mom. What am I going to do? Tell my, tell my mom, shut up. I can't do it. Uh, Thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back next week. And we're sorry for that. I cannot apologize enough. So sorry. Sorry, folks. Sorry.